every time I go off to try something new, I took a break for like three years to start uplifting content and travel a bunch, but there was always this yearning for acting. It's just always there. And I always, it's just the thing when I'm not doing it, there's just something missing. So I know that it's my jam. And so that's the one thing that keeps me in LA. And I'm just, I'm just throwing myself at it now. I'm like, while you're here, give it a year or so and go all in. Welcome to the Rebel Souls podcast, where we flip the middle finger to the status quo. I'm your host, Shelly Paxton, lifelong rebel, liberator of souls, and author of Soulbatical, a corporate rebel's guide to finding your best life. Settle in as we dive deep with badass leaders who are rebelling for what matters most in life, business, and the world at large. I'm so happy you're here. Let's get this revolution started. Hello and welcome back, my fellow rebel souls. This is Shelly Paxton. Probably not the OG rebel soul, but I'm going to call myself the chief rebel soul. And I'm so happy to be hanging with you guys again. Thank you for tuning in. I love that this group of us is growing. We're finding each other through this podcast. Thank you to all of you who've reached out and who've given me such great reviews and who are loving and this content and feeling inspired by it. it. Literally, this is soul fuel for me too. One, having these conversations, two, sharing them with you, and then three, hearing back from you. It's incredible. So thank you. Let's keep that virtuous cycle going and keep inspiring each other. And I know, well, there's no doubt in my mind that you're going to be super inspired by my guest today. I This is somebody who I actually don't have a relationship with. Well, now I do, but I didn't when we reached out to her. She is Ioni Butler. She's a British actress, voiceover artist, new author, her book just came out in the world and we talk a lot about that. She is, she's done so many incredible things. She's also an entrepreneur. And a big part of her story that we talk about is how four years ago, probably around 2016, she was dealing with her own, she's been dealing with depression on and off since she was young. And she now talks very openly about it and shares her story. And one of the ways that she has always coped with her depression is to look for positive narratives and uplifting stories that help remind her, that give her hope, that remind her that there is light at the end of the tunnel, that we can overcome adversity in our lives. And she decided to create a platform called Uplifting Content to share that with all of us. And four years later, that Uplifting Content platform is across multiple channels, Facebook and Instagram and YouTube and now Patreon, which I'm going to talk about. I might be missing out some. We, we'll put all the links in the, in the show notes. And it's incredible, you guys. She has almost a million and a half followers. And I can't think of a better time in the world for us to be spending more time with positive, uplifting content. Yeah, do you guys agree with me? We just need it. We're getting this like steady drip feed of, you know, whew, a lot of heavy stuff. And it's not to downplay what's going on in our world right now. It's not to downplay COVID or racial justice, but it's to say, man, we cannot feed on a steady diet of that. 
So I love that Ioni's mission is trying to uplift us all and share that light and that positivity with us. And even more than that, help us to take action on it, inspire us to take action on it. So it's really cool. We dig into what she's created, what's out in the world. And yeah, and you also get to see her in really cool stuff. By the way, right before COVID hit, she had just filmed a role in Marvel's Black Widow which stars Scarlett Johansson. So I think it's still slated to come out toward the end of 2020, around November. That might be delayed, but something to look forward to. Our girl's going big. I have to tell you, I sent her a note. I talk about this. I sent her a note the other day and I said, after reading your book and learning more about you, I just know we're soul sisters. And so we dive into all of that and more. We talk about mental health, the struggles that we've both had. We talk about overcoming adversity, which is a big part of her platform and her book. We talk about how what we consume in all forms, what we put in our bodies and in our brains and in our hearts and souls really impacts our well-being. We talk about why it's important to share your story and really what her catalyst was to sharing her story and what mine is, as many of you already know, to sharing my story. And then we geek out on all the things we have in common. She is an absolute gem, gorgeous inside and out. I love her book. I recommend it throughout this entire conversation, but it's really fun to get to know her on a deeper level and just realize, man, she is so soulful and she's a rebel. She is feisty. So we get to see that side of her as well. One thing I want to mention before we dive into the conversation is I did not, we were running late on time and I don't want to use this as an excuse. So if there's a reason I'm bringing this up, we were running late on time and I made a decision not to dive into race. Ioni is biracial. She's from the UK, living the experience as a biracial woman in Los Angeles. And I know that's a part of her story. And yet, because we went so deep on everything else and because we were running low on time, I made the choice to not dig into that. And when we stopped the recording, I said to her, Whew, that doesn't feel right in my soul. And I, I think I made the wrong decision. And so two things that I want to say. One, we talked about doing a special panel episode or special episode discussing race and racial injustice. And if we do it with a few voices, she agreed to be one of those voices. And so I am signed up to doing that and we'll find the time and find one or two other beautiful voices of color to join us in that conversation so we can go deep. And I, I absolutely want to hear her perspective and I want you to hear her perspective as well. So that was her idea. And I think it's a, it's a fabulous one that I, will, I own now and I want to make happen and I feel really excited about. And number two, she did not ask me to say this, by the way. I am saying this from a place of just integrity and belief in her work. For those of you who don't know about the platform called Patreon, Patreon is, it supports creators. It's, it supports creators and it, what it basically does is allows all of us to pay those creators for their beautiful work. 
Patreon is a monthly membership. There are all kinds of varieties of memberships where you can connect with these creators, especially creators of color who have been putting so much work out in the world for free. Most of what Ioni puts out in the world, with the exception of her newly released book called Uplifting Stories, is free, you guys, and we get so much out of it. So what I would invite you to do is check out her work and the work of other creators, especially creators of color on Patreon. You get exclusive content and access and a deeper community and behind the scenes. Like the creators actually create really unique and special content for their communities on Patreon. And Ioni is digging in and doing the same. And I would love to support her and others and have that deeper relationship with her. And yeah, I wanted to bring it up because I think it's really important. And I know she's creating some really cool, unique stuff for the Patreon platform around the launch of her book. So we'd be getting in on the base level, you guys, the, 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 you know, the, the foundation of all of this. And her book came out into the world on September 22nd. So you're hearing this a couple weeks after if you're watching it in real time or listening to it in real time. And I'm super excited. She's also a fellow, fellow Tiller Press, Simon & Schuster author, which is the reason that we kind of knew about each other and wanted to connect, which is so cool. We talk a little bit about that. But I wanted to say all of that because I think there's an opportunity to continue the conversation and to go deeper. And I wanted to give her all the love and really go deep on her book and her content platform and everything she's created in the world so far. And there's an opportunity going forward to go deeper on race, race relations, racial, racial justice. And I'm really honored that she's going to come back and be a part of that as well. So without further ado, let's dive in and meet another fellow rebel soul. Before we begin, I want to share an offering from my soul to yours. If you've achieved traditional success only to realize that you're living someone else's dream, then this will start you on a profound journey toward becoming chief soul officer of your own life, just like I did. I'm gifting you a free chapter from my book, Soulbatical, A Corporate Rebel's Guide to Finding Your Best Life. It's called Liberating from the Shackles of Should. And if you're ready to, then visit soulbatical.com to download it for free. That's S-O-U-L-B-B-A-T-I-C-A-L.com. Warning, side effects include intense joy and fulfillment. Hey, I'm so excited to welcome my next <laughs> guest who is a new friend, but feels like an old friend and a definitely a soul sister. Welcome, Ioni. Oh, thank you so much for having me. You're just such a warm, wonderful person. I do feel like a connection. Like, this is the first time we've seen each other face to face, but I feel like I've known you for ages. <laughs> uh, thank you. I know I have to, I have to admit to everybody watching and listening that I sent Ioni a note the other day and I was like, after reading your book, I was taking voracious notes and I was like, not only do I love your book, which we're going to talk about in this conversation, but I was like, Oh my God, I feel like I know this woman. I want to go hang out with this woman. She's like a soul sister. I was writing down and I sent you a list. I'm like, I know this isn't the extent of the list, but these are all the things I already know that we have in common from struggles to how we've designed our lives. And it was so beautiful. So it made me even more excited for this conversation. 
Me too. Me too. Yeah. Thank it. you. <laughs> so you know how I always start this thing. I love to talk about what we're rebelling for and then we'll unpack it and see where the energy takes us. So what are you rebelling for? I am rebelling for more uplifting content in the world. So beautiful. It's so beautiful. Mm -hmm. I have to say that I've gotten so sucked into what you have created. And mm -hmm. sister, I know you started creating this like four plus years ago. You've been on this journey. The world has never needed it more than right now. Yes, yes, there is. I mean, the reason that I started it was because I am so affected. My my mood is so affected. And you know, when quarantine happened and when the protests were happening, I was paying far more attention to the news and social media than I typically do. And I was drowning in it. Like I could just feel my mood slipping. I was feeling hopeless and depressed. And the whole purpose of the platform uplifting content, this kind of movement that I started was to share those positive stories, those inspirational stories as a reminder. You know, we, we have this kind of unfair proportion, we have a disproportionate amount of horrible news and negative media compared to the positive uplifting stuff. And it's just a reminder that no, no, there's incredible people out there doing amazing things. We just have to shift the attention towards that. And I had to even remind myself of that when all of this was kicking off in March. So yeah, I love definitely that. very relevant. Very, very relevant. I love what you said because you had a quote on your social media. I wrote it down. It says, beautiful things happen when you distance yourself from the negative. Mm. And I was like, amen to that. And I feel like that's what uplifting content, your platform is about. That's what uplifting stories, your book is about. Well, your book is really part of your platform. That's the beautiful mm -hmm. thing. It's a continuation. It's another channel for really helping us shine a spotlight on positivity. Because yeah. that's what you're doing. The news feeds off the the blood and guts, right? That's right. always what the news has been about. I am like you. I am not a fan of the news. It is not part of my daily consumption. It is not something I choose to bring into my life. In I do it in a very carefully curated way, right? And in very limited quantities. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, let, can we back up and talk about your story? Because I was so intrigued by what was your personal journey that had you create this whole platform. You now have over a million followers yeah. across all these social platforms. It's incredible. Congratulations. Like, guess what? This is proof that people do want positivity in their lives. Yeah, it is. Um, it began, I've always experienced depression growing up um, and just feeling just really low. And like for the longest time, I had no idea what it was about or where any, I just didn't understand those feelings. But I knew I didn't want to feel that way. And, and I remember going to my doctors once and just being like, give me antidepressants because I, I just am tired of feeling sad. And, you know, in the UK back then, they weren't very good with talking therapies. I had to wait ages to get somebody and it wasn't very good. And so I was just like, give me what you can. And I wasn't, I was really unhappy on the antidepressants. They made me numb inside. I just thought this is really weird. And so kind of had this journey of all these ups and downs and then started to get into personal development in my twenties and started to learn about my mind and understanding that it was like the thoughts that I was thinking, I was horrible to myself, you know, really, really horrible to my, the things that I would say that would just bring me into these horrible states. Doing that personal development gave me an awareness of when these moods were being triggered and what was going on in my life that was setting me into this, like, I just don't want to exist or there's no point in everything or, you know, it, why are these, why was it happening? 
And it was a number of things. It was feeling like I was a failure. I wasn't going to make it in anything, feeling lonely and disconnected from people not having close relationships. And then it was just what was going on in the world. Like I'm very sensitive and I would just be, I would just, you know, hear certain things in the news and I would be just down. And when I would slip into these funks, I started to try to find things that I could watch or listen to that would lift me out of it. And this is like, I don't know, 2000, around about 2012 to 2011. It was just difficult. I, I struggled to find those things that would lift me up. And so the idea for Uplifting Content, the platform was a hub of inspiration, a place that people can go to feel uplifted and just every post is, is something that could lift you up. And whenever we post anything on the page, the filter, there's one filter and that is, is it uplifting? <laughs> when you read it, does it or watch it or hear it, is it going to make people feel good? And that's kind of the only criteria and in the beginning, we were growing so much. I've had a lot of issues with Facebook and the changing algorithms and all the nonsense that is Facebook. But you're right. It was so needed. People, the messages that I was getting from people, because it was, you know, at the time or as it is still now, there's a lot of stress on social media and people posting provocative things and arguments happening and different politics, political opinions and flying around. And just everybody was grateful for a page that was just geared towards showing goodness in humanity and positive things. Yeah. Like, let's sprinkle more of that in our diet. Oh, <laughs> yes. Yeah. I love that. And actually, so one of the things that really struck me about your work, both in the uplifting content platform and how you translated that into a book, is that part of your mission is to help people take action. Right. Because right. what I found so was powerful. Yeah. Because what I found was when I was depressed, I couldn't, I couldn't do anything. I was, sometimes I would struggle to get out of bed. Sometimes I still am in those, go through, experience those feelings, but it was just, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't excited. I wasn't trying. And when I'm, when I'm in this place of joy and passion and excitement, there's so much I can do and create. And so, yeah, it, it is like a twofold mission with uplifting content. Remind, share positive, uplifting stuff to help raise the vibration and, and then in turn encourage people to then take action and bring about positive change that they want in their lives and in the world. Yeah, exactly. And I feel like I have, you know, action steps in my book as well. So it's like, don't just follow my story, mind my story, reflect on my story so that you can see your own and you yeah. can choose your own story. You can create your own life. And so much of your story that I related to, and one of the things I sent to you was, I just love that at the center of this is how you created your own life, how yeah. you chose positivity when you easily could have chose to sit in that negativity. A lot of people do. You right. chose positivity. You saw a way to keep yourself vibrating at that level and you started to create your life as a result of it. So can we talk a little bit about your journey? So you're, you're clearly not American. That, <laughs> I like to joke. When people ask, I like to joke, I'm from Texas. And sometimes yeah. people are like, oh, really? <laughs> but no, you are exactly. right. I'm from England. <laughs> so you're British and you now live in LA. And I know a little bit of that story, but I'd love to dig into it because as you, you tell a bit of that story in your book, because I'm going to kind of reference your book, let me say now. So Ioni's book comes out on, or actually it might have come out right before this podcast airs, September 22nd. Is that right? 
That's correct. Yes. September 22nd. And the full title of the book is Uplifting Stories. I really wish I had it to hold up, by the way. I've pre-ordered my copy just so oh, you know. Because you. I'm so now much. I'm now obsessed with it. Cause it's one of those Thank books you, you want to go back to again and again. And I I hope that you designed it that way. The subtitle is True Tales to Inspire You to Take Action. So funny enough, I wasn't even looking at that when I said what I said earlier, but I love it. It's like, because I could go back to these stories, a couple, only a couple I had ever heard of, like on a surface level, but diving into the stories of these people, we'll get into that in, in just a second. But thank you for also telling a bit of your story mm. as part of this, because I think you tell it in the passion and purpose section, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's just this idea of cre- creating a life by design and, and reverse engineering my life. Cause I, I knew that there was a few things that I knew. I'm not very good at being told what to do. Oh my gosh. We have that in common too. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, I had this conversation with my boyfriend the other day. I don't mind being told what to do as long as I want to do it. (laughs) I don't like being told what to do if I don't want to do the thing. So there's that. I like, sometimes it's nice to have people just say, okay, you know, there's decision fatigue. So sometimes I like someone to come in and be like, right, we do this, this, this. I'm like, great. But I have to want to do it. Um, 100%. I love that qualifier. Okay. Yes. <laughs> and then also I, I'm, I get very restless. I'm not very good at doing the same thing every day. I need variety. I, I knew that going and reporting to an office and working a nine to five, I knew that that wasn't good for me. I've always traveled. My mom was a travel agent. So I was traveling around since I was a baby. And so I needed something that, that I could just go off and take a break when I needed to. Just the idea of asking for a vacation. I could never work somewhere where I had to ask permission to go away. And what I understand is that those are things that are important to me that that I know that I need. And so when I was sort of writing about this in the book, it's just this reminder that figure out what it is for you that you need or that you want in your life. Because not all of us, you know, not everybody's like you and I. Some people might want the stability of a nine to five. They might like knowing that they get up and go to one place every day, Um, but find out what that is. And so I had this criteria. Also, one of my other things was that I didn't want to have to work that hard. Oh, amen. And yeah, say yeah. it boldly. I'm, I think right. a lot of people are afraid to say that out loud. So thank right. you for saying that out loud. Thank you. I'm going to own it. I didn't want to be doing 20 hour workdays or 16 hour workdays. I don't want, I want to be able to live my life. And so I was like, right, what can I do for that? And I started to learn about residual income. And so I have a rental property in Joshua Tree and that, that grows me an income. And I do voiceover and video content for clients from home so I can do voiceover wherever I am in the world. And then with uplifting content and the book, um, that kind of grew the only thing that really needs to keep me in one place is acting. And that is my true love. And that was the reason that I moved from the UK to LA to pursue that. And it's, it keeps me here. But what I've decided is every time I go off to try something new, I took a break for like three years to start uplifting content and travel a bunch. But there was always this yearning for acting. It's just always there. And I always it's just the thing when I'm not doing it, there's just something missing. So I know that it's my jam. And so that's the one thing that keeps me in LA. And I'm just, I'm just throwing myself at it now. I'm like, while you're here, give it a year or so and go all in. So, so yeah, it's just this idea of just what kind of life do you want to live? 
And then once you know what that is, what choices do you have to make in order to, to fulfill that reality? So if you want a job where you can travel freely, perhaps getting a, a corporate nine to five where you have to be in an office, perhaps that's not the best idea. Look for work that allows you to be remote, which more and which that's going to happen more and more now. It's one of the benefits I think of COVID is that it's showing people that they don't have to be in offices anymore and they can work anywhere they want. I think that's going to be really exciting. So um, true. Mm. It's, it's, I think it's really, I think it's a wake up call for a lot of people. It's like, wow, I've been kind of living in a way that doesn't feel so good. Maybe the old normal wasn't so great after all. Hello. Right. It wasn't so great after all. Right. Right. And yeah. I keep asking people, what do they want to create on the other side of this? Because it is yours to create. That's it. That's it. We're, we're, teaching the same things. So yeah, yeah it's, it's be clear of what this vision of your life is. And for me, I think my a word that sums it up is freedom, you know, just freedom to go off and do what I want and try what I want. And I'm not a millionaire, but I can afford to do the things that I want to do. And I just feel very lucky for that. Well, I, I've I worked and I've created it, but I, yeah, just feel very lucky that I can. Yeah. Well, it. and it's, it's good fortune, right? You know, it's yes, you're creating it and every step forward you take, the universe opens another door and another portal, right? I believe mm -hmm. in that, right? You're creating oh, yeah. it because you're leaning into it. Totally. And the yeah. universe has had my back in so many ways, you know, just sort of little things like moving to the US and in 2015, I started the, the green card process and it was like $10,000 worth of legal fees. And I got an audiobook series that amounted to like $10,000. And so there's just always been these, the universe has always been sort of nudging me along at the beginning of the year before COVID hit, I was with acting. I was like, you know, something has to give. I need, I kept saying to friends, you know, I can keep putting myself, throwing myself at it, but at some point you just have to get something, you know, just to know that you're on the right track. And I got a small role in the, in a Marvel film. And so that was kind of the, the last thing I did before everything shut down. I was like, okay, thanks universe. I'll keep going. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and those little signs are powerful. I totally agree. What I thought was really interesting is, and by the way, congratulations on getting that role. What was the name of the film, by the way? It was Black Widow. I was like, can I say that's this? Right. Yeah, it's on my IMDb. Yeah. Black Widow. Tiny that's so, I, know, I knew I had read it somewhere, so I knew it was in the public domain. Yeah. What I think is so fascinating, and this is another area where our, our worlds are on complete parallel paths. So <laughs> you, came, you, you came from the UK to LA in pursuit of freedom and your acting career, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And along the way, you stumbled upon like this, this opportunity have a real impact in the world in a different way that was right. kind of complementary to your acting career right. that led you to uplifting content. And I'm so curious about what triggered that because, or what was the cat, not trigger, but what was the catalyst for that? Because I feel like I've been on a very similar journey. When I left Harley and I got really, really clear about my values, I realized my number one value was freedom. <laughs> <laughs> so we totally share yeah. this and I write about it in the book and authenticity and courage. So those are my three. And what I've discovered as I've pursued those is it's led me to my purpose and to my calling. And that's really to have this bigger impact in the world and to liberate a billion souls. Yeah. And I feel like I can see the same, you're way ahead of me on this journey. So I also want to be learning from you. But what was that catalyst for you that really got you into creating this platform and committing to it in addition to your acting dream? 
Well, it, there was a couple of things. One of them, I was struggling. I, I wasn't quite hitting the next level. I, I wasn't getting where I wanted to go with acting. And I kind of felt like I was banging my head against a brick wall. And, there, and I was also starting to lose confidence in myself and my ability. And at the time, I was also looking at the shows that were on TV. And I was thinking, these... I, I don't watch a huge amount of television because it doesn't always make me feel very good. And there's so much of it and it can take up a lot of time. And, and I'm very mindful of what I do with my time. I could spend it watching TV or I could be building a future or being with friends. So I was looking at all these shows and thinking, is this stuff, you know, I'm desperately trying to break into an industry and I don't even know that I really rate what's what I would be working on. And I just had this yearning to create something that had more of an impactful message that could uh, benefit people in a different way. And around about that time, I was introduced to Prince EA, who is a, an amazing human being. He is a spoken word artist, content creator. He's just, I mean, a speaker. He does everything. He's phenomenal. And I worked on a spoken word video that he had done and I just started to see his work and I just thought, you're, you're amazing. You're doing everything that I want to do, which is creating content that teaches, that just spreads the message of love and connection and what it means to be a human and just all these beautiful messages. And it was the combination of that kind of feeling in this rut with uplifting content and then meeting, sorry, with acting and then meeting him and just seeing what an, what an impact he had made. And he encouraged me. I started my podcast that was back in 2015, I think. And I was recording some of the episodes and I had done an, an episode about my experience with depression and he shared it on his social media. There was a, a video that went with the podcast and it went viral and I was inundated with messages and so many people reaching out saying, you know, you've saved a life today and, you know, I feel the same way. And a bunch of my friends had messaged to say that, you know, I had no idea. I feel this way and I didn't know how to, to say it. And it was just, it was the sign that I needed to start talking about this more and offering advice. And I, and I don't like to preach to people. I like to share my experiences and what I've learned. And then and if, if that resonates or that works for someone, try it. I, I don't like to say, you know, I don't like to do the whole should thing. I know you've, you've got your shoulds. <laughs> uh -huh. um, I don't like to do the should thing or like do this, do that. Don't like telling people what to do because I don't like it myself. But I, so I have just been trying to authentically share my experiences and lessons and um, trials and tribulations. And it, it resonates. And that, that, that's kind of what the book Uplifting Stories is too, hearing all these different people's experiences and then sharing the lessons that they've learned from it and then offering an exercise for the reader to implement that. So. I love it. And I have realized since sharing my story, and mm. I, I don't know if you're at this point in my book, but I also share about my own depression and my own attempt to take my life about mm. 12 years ago. And I had never spoken about mm. that that instance in my life. I had never spoken about the fact that I got that down and I felt that hopeless. And more importantly, I felt like I couldn't ask for help. Right. And in deciding that this book was really going to be raw and vulnerable and authentic, and I was going to tell everything because I'm so tired of all of us having this kind of Instagram view of the world. Everything's through filters and everything's like the beautiful, shiny stuff. And the reality is we compare our insides to other people's outsides. And I didn't want that to happen anymore. And that's what I love about what you're doing. When we get brave enough and vulnerable enough to share our stories, so many people connect so deeply. That's what we right. have to do. I'm encouraging more people to tell their story. Yeah, me too. I... 
it was such a, I, there was so much concern when I, when I did that video, like I, I just didn't know whether I should put it out there. I was like, what are people going to think? And my mum was upset because I think she took it as like a, you know, the thing, me talking about being depressed all my life. I think she took that as a, as a fault of hers, which in no way was it. But every, other than that, the response was overwhelmingly positive. And I just think you're right. There's so much, life is good. Everything's perfect. I'm great. You know, and I, I've never been able to do that because I know I struggle, you know, I, I'm not, and I still have a bit of that imposter syndrome where everybody kind of praises me for my success because I'm like, well, <laughs> you know, I'm not quite there yet. So, but I, yeah, it's, it's important that we're just honest with people. And when I am, when I am, I do try to be mindful because I know that I, it can become Debbie Downer, right? If I'm doing it to a large audience all the time, just talking about struggles, I do try to do it from a place where this is where I'm at. Um, and this is what I'm going to do, or this is what I'm working. This is what I'm doing now to help me, you know, overcome this. Or if I feel like I'm just coming out of a depressive funk, then I'll share what I've done there so that it's, it's not just doom and gloom. There's something practical and helpful that people can use with that. 100%. And you have so many good nuggets around that in the book. I literally wish you can tell, like I was actually looking at my notes because what I typically do, I am like a hard book lover. Like I want to hold it in my hands. I want to smell it. I want to see the pages. I want a dog (laughs) ear. And like, I have my orange. Here's my orange is my color. I've got my orange highlighters. I've got my orange pens. So I really can't wait to reread your books. I can like scrawl in it. Yes. So I wish I could hold up, hold up pages, but what I'm, what I'm remembering from reading it is throughout the book, there are so many great tips. Some of them are your own and some of them were provided by the beautiful humans mm-hmm. stories you're sharing in this book. And they're everything from like ways to overcome adversity. You know, you offer ways to deal with your mental health and stay positive. I don't know. Are there any, a couple of like some of your favorite tips or things you do in your daily life that you can share with our listeners today? Yeah. Well, it's it's just so funny. One of the stories that really stands out to me is uh, this woman called Denise Sandoval, who created a company called Lava May, where they this converted. Yeah, they converted. One of my favorite stories in the book. Uh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but I just had like yeah. a visceral reaction because I love her story. I love her story, and I just love her. And that's the thing. I have so much love for everybody in the book, and because I, the interview process happened before I got the book deal and before I started writing. I was just, you know, I would be doing these interviews crying and just so excited about, I just can't wait for people to read this because as I'm talking to them, I'm so moved and motivated and just, you know, just by talking, it's, oh, it's going to come through. But Donise is just a beautiful human being and she's converted all these old city buses into mobile showers for the homeless in San Francisco because she just couldn't believe that how much homelessness was there and she her advice is so simple it's she tells a story of walking past a woman in the street and just acknowledging them and saying hello and it was a she calls people unhoused not homeless which I thought was really sweet and the woman was shocked that she had acknowledged her and the, the woman on the street was like you, you you see me and Denise says of course you I can see you you're right there and she said no one's acknowledged me in like a week I didn't think I existed you know and and that moment for Denise her advice is just when you pass someone on the streets if they're homeless just acknowledge acknowledge them smile say hello you know and just show someone that that you see them and that they exist 
and it and I guess it doesn't even have to be for people that are homeless it could be for anybody just having this connection I really loved hers Hannah Power is a, a beautiful woman a fellow Brit and she shared a story about being raped in in France and one of the things that when I started talking to her about it I wanted to know like what is it that helps you overcome it and the first thing she said in the interview really surprised me she said We've suffered so much in my family. Her, her cousin died at like 27 from cancer. And that was one of the most heartbreaking things she had that, that had happened to her. And her family had been bankrupted. I'd interviewed her mum, actually Penny, for my podcast. So I'd heard about this whole, you know, their experience. And what Hannah said was, the thing that helped me overcome it was just knowing I was alive. Mm. And knowing that my parents wouldn't have to suffer the same way we had to suffer over Victoria's death. And so that gave her the strength. And so her thing is having had so much go on in life gave her the strength to, to deal with this. And then she offered a lot of advice about basically what the whole premise of uplifting content is, you know, finding stories about people that have overcome worse than the worst things than you and are thriving because then that gives you hope, you know, just filling yourself with positive stories and books and podcasts uh, that help give you the strength. So I thought that one was really powerful, but yeah, there's so many. Oh man. And then you get to the end. So I actually want to, I want to highlight the, the, the sections or the chapters, I don't know, chapters, the sections of the book, because you organize your story. I'm already getting goosebumps just even before I say this, because from the second I picked up the book and I saw these, so the, the sections you guys are human connection, acts of service, overcoming adversity, pursuing your passions and purpose, which is also where we get to hear a little Vione story like you did <laughs> earlier, game changers and the unimaginable. And it's like this book builds to such a crescendo. By the time I got to the unimaginable, I was just like, how can anything be more unimaginable than everything that I've already read? This is incredible. And yet it was. I had seen Daniel Kish, who you talk about, who's blind and communicates through clicking his tongue and sonar. I'd seen his TED Talk before. And I went back to his TED Talk after that and I just watched it and watched it because I'm so blown away. And Kyle Maynard, I'd yeah. heard of, but didn't know his story as deeply. So can you talk about, I don't know, one of them. Pick. Oh, I love them both. I was uh, going to say, not that you can pick a favorite child because I think that's what my ask is. <laughs> they're both remarkable. And what's interesting, so as a brief summary, yeah, Daniel is blind and growing up his mother never sheltered him and didn't do everything for him like a lot of parents of disabled children did back then and so he started to develop these ways of navigate navigating in the world and one of them was clicking and he does this it's echolocation so he clicks and then the sound reverberates off the things around him and he can sort of paint a visual picture of his environment and when we go blind that is a thing that we instinctively do but because of society Society, everybody saying, you know, stop clicking, that's annoying. Blind people and children would stop doing that. But his mother, however, she knew this, just had the foresight just to let him continue and climb trees and stuff like that. And he has he has an amazing life. He he, he went to school and made him walk to school and learn to ride a bike. And he has this institution which is which helps train other blind people to be mobile and have freedom. And up until a few years ago, blind people were not able to teach other blind people. 
how to do these things. And so he was a pioneer in that field. And then Kyle has no limbs. He was born with a condition called congenital amputation, where his sort of limbs stopped uh, just before his elbows and his knees. But he, again, had amazing parents that didn't hold him back, that realized that if he wanted to live a life and have freedom, he would have to figure out ways to do things on his own. And he has this, I mean, he's remarkable. He's like climbed mountains, bear crawled up mountains. He's written a book. He, I mean, he does everything. He does absolutely everything. And he's a speaker and an inspirational person. They're just, yeah, it's, oh, I love them. I love them. You know, <laughs> it is a wonder. Of course you do. Like they are amazing humans. And I love that you framed this in guys, we can learn from this and nothing, mm. it, nothing is insurmountable. Nothing. Right. And you've helped remember because I sometimes like we stand up in the morning and we look in the mirror and we go, I feel fat. And that right. makes us not want to do something or not want to put ourselves on video or put ourselves in the world or go to the event that we really want to go to because we've got all this, you know, as simple as story. negative self-talk mm -hmm. and this story in our heads. And you're reminding us that it's like, wow, you guys, there are bigger challenges out there that people have overcome. You can literally see, I think it's Goalcast. I'll put the, the link in the show notes, but you can see footage of Kyle climbing Mount Kilimanjaro. And mm. it is unbelievable. I just thought about every time I've bitched and moaned on a hike. Oh yeah. <laughs> it was oh, like, yeah. And you know, it was remarkable because I got, Carl and I just really connected and, and stayed in touch after I interviewed him for the book. And then about eight months later, we were both going to Burning Man last, last August and realized that we were, were going to be there. And on the last day I bumped into him um, in this, it was this sort of Sunday service where they had, it was like a non-denomination church type of thing. And they were, it was like songs and music. It was beautiful. And then I was like, oh my God, it's Kyle. And we connected and hung out and we decided to spend the, the, the last day together. And I offered to, well, I drove him back to LA the following day. And I said, okay, Kyle, you got to uh, come and meet me at my camp. Burning Man is, is for anyone that doesn't know, it's like a, a festival out on a dried lake bed, which is the size of a city. It's humongous. And we were staying at like quite deep in the desert, <laughs> deep in the desert. Yeah. And we were staying on very opposite sides of this expansive space. And I'd said, can you come and meet me at my camp at like eight or something, 8 PM. And I left and I was like, how is this guy with no limbs going to get with all his stuff over to my camp? And he showed up on this kind of tricycle thing that he'd had made for a race that he'd done with all of his stuff on the back. And I mean, he just, he can do anything. Like he can do absolutely anything. And what was funny is that he, he doesn't like being called an inspiration. It kind of bothers him, you know, at the time it had bothered him because, you know, he, he doesn't like to be other and different. He's like, you know, I'm just doing these things. But I think because of the, the transformational experience of Burning Man, what it is, it's like a very spiritual experience. He started to realize that, yes, I am different. And yes, me doing all these seemingly, th the things for, for everyone else would be completely easy and nothing. It is remarkable that he has done them and that he does just get on with his life and live it in the same way that everybody else does, in, regardless of the fact that he doesn't have all of his limbs. And now he kind of has acceptance for that. And yeah, I just, I look at him and, and like you say, like going for a hike, that there's nothing I can't do when you see what Kyle just gets on and does. So, and he's doing things that are not simple for those of us who have two full arms and legs. 
Yeah, that's right. He's he re- climbing he wrestled, Yeah, he wrestled in college. <laughs> he played American football in college for a little bit. That got a bit dangerous, I think. The, he, yeah, Mount Kilimanjaro, Mount Akinagua, which is, you know, like labeled like the death mountain or something like yeah. mountain of death. And he just gets on and does these incredible things. So it's so amazing. You have in your, as you were talking this, I, it reminded me, you have a concept in the book that I had never heard of. I've heard of post-traumatic stress disorder, PTSD. Mm. It's very real. We know about it. We talk about it, especially with veterans, but for any of us who've experienced serious trauma in our lives, you know that, and then talk about this opposite concept called pro- post-traumatic growth. Yes. And I'm like, for as deep into self-help and personal development and all the things I am, I'm like, how have I never heard about this, at least framed in this way before? Yes. Can you talk about it? It's so powerful. Yeah, it blew my mind when I heard about it too. And it totally makes sense. You know, things happen to people and it can set them off on a path of destruction. But then I have seen so many instances where after a a tragedy or something, it, it's the catalyst for that person to go out and pursue their purpose, you know, to make a huge impact, bring about positive change. So for Hannah, Hannah Power, for example, in my book, the young woman who was raped, she now has a her whole work now is geared towards helping support rape victims and helping them overcome and bringing about change in how victims are treated after an attack and stuff like that. And so she took something that, you know, almost did destroy her, her stories in the overcoming adversity chapter. She really obviously struggled with that, but she has transmuted that horrific experience into something so powerful and positive and has grown from it. I feel like with you and I experiencing depression, that was a catalyst for me to do the work that I do. And I have, I've taken something that was a a very low, horrible moment and have have used it to become a, a stronger person and do something with that horrible experience. So, and what I try to say in the Overcoming Adversity chapter is it's not to undermine our experiences and just, you know, to say, you'll be fine. It's not that. It's just to say that there is hope that there is a way that this can be something that just shapes your life and makes it better. And I know that that sounds like a weird, horrible thing, but for so many people, they have overcome. I want to go back to this is one story of Danny Chu, this remarkable cyclist who had this goal to cycle a million miles in his lifetime. And during a routine cycling trip, he fell off his bike going downhill. He had vertigo, fell on his neck and was paralyzed from the waist down. And so he has been able to find his way back to a bike using hand cycles because he still has the use of his hands. But he shared the story of one of his friends who was paralyzed. And she has said that um, she wouldn't give anything to take her accident back because her life is so rich and fulfilling now the way that it is and what she's doing with her life. And when I'd interviewed Danny, it was like two years after his accident. And he said, you know, I'm nowhere near there that feeling that way, you know, obviously he wants to have access to his legs back, but he was just saying, hearing her story gives me hope. And so just knowing that you can have a remarkable life in spite of 
horrendous things. Someone else I was, uh, so it's just so many amazing people. I can't no, cope. Like, keep going because this is so <laughs> inspiring. And sometimes I, let me add to in spite of, and sometimes because of, right. Right? right. I think it's both of those things and we don't see it in the moment. Of course we don't see it in the moment. We're in yeah. the pain. We're in the anger. We're in the frustration. We're, we're grieving whatever we've lost, but right. sometimes it is because of, and we're holding that direction to do something with it. Right. And like Hannah said, just surround yourself with these stories of people who have overcome and who have persevered. And I think that will just give, it has the potential just to give a lot of strength and hope. I forget his name now. I, it was somebody that I talked about in the book. I'd interviewed him for my podcast, but when he was a child, he got third degree burns over like 90% of his body and survived. Oh, what's this? Uh, it'll come to me and has gone on to be, you know, he's a motivational speaker. He has a podcast. He's an author. He has a, a beautiful family and has this life, this beautiful life in spite of these, you know, burns over his whole body. And I'm, I don't know, just people, we're stronger than we think, you know, we are so much stronger than we think. And I look at them and uh, I just, yeah just blown away by their courage and mindset. And I'm sure it's not easy. You know, we're hearing these stories and Kyle told me, uh, the, the uh, guy with no uh, limbs had told me about how he'd been suicidal before and has struggled and does deal with depression from time to time. But, but, and so it's not as if it's just a walk in the park and, you know, they don't have to put the work in it. It's a struggle for all of us, but just keep going, just keep going, just find those things that bring hope and bring you joy and connect and uh, yeah, there's ways I, through. I love everything you're saying because growth is a mindset. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Period. Yeah. Growth is a mindset and post-traumatic growth is a mindset. I mean, Carol Dweck taught us this. Like that book, Mindset, is one of my favorite books of all time. Have mm. you read, have you read no, Mindset? No, I haven't. I'm going to have to write that down. It's, what is it called? Mindset? Mindset by Carol Dweck. She's a Stanford, was or is still, I, I don't know if she is still uh -huh. a Stanford professor. And it's all about fixed. She's the one who really coined oh, yeah. fixed mindset versus growth mindset and helped us to understand growth mindset. I'll put it in the show notes for everyone too. Yeah. It is one, I tell you, I make I like at least half my clients read it <laughs> to really get us clear on exactly what you're saying. Like this is a choice. Right. It is a choice to shift our mindset around, reframe what the possibilities and the opportunities are regardless of our situation. You know, I can't compare my situation to your situation. We can't compare our situations to Kyle's situation, right? All we can do is be on in our lane, doing mm. the best we can do and creating what lights us on fire. Yes, that's right? the key. Yeah. And key. so we are stronger than we think. Like, I love that you punctuated that point. We are so much stronger. And I think he says in a video that I had watched where it's the same one where you see the footage of him bear crawling Mount Kilimanjaro, which is the thing I now think of when I'm like, oh my God, this feels hard. I'm like, Shelly, it feels hard, but it's not hard. Put mm -hmm. one, one foot in front of the other. And he actually, sorry, I'm going to take a little tangent because I just remembered something he said in that video that is so valuable for all of us. He talked about how, how absolutely excruciating it was by the time he was like, it was like the top of Mount Kilimanjaro was in view and yet it was so far away. And he was like, yeah, he was just in pain and he was numb and all that. And he just said, I, I just reframed my mindset to three feet. 
Mm-hmm. All you have to do is look three feet ahead of you and then the next three feet and the next three feet. So we all have to figure out what is our version of that, right? Right, right. I, I like that message from him too. Just rather than see it as this outrageous undertaking, just look three feet ahead of you. And he, and he does say whatever it is, whether it's three hours or three days or ye- like years or whatever, just break your goal down and just focus on getting to that next step and then the next step and then the next step. And I think it's such fantastic advice. It's beautiful. So, okay. I want to talk about, I want to talk about one of, okay. One of the other things I loved in the book, you have an invitation to everybody. You have an invitation that they take. Is it an experiment with a one week news hiatus? Yes. (laughs) Yes. It's beautiful. I'm like, yes. And you, you literally say, read this book, take a hiatus, read this book, see how it feels because that's basically what you did in your life. You made that shift from the negative coming in to saying, uh, uh-uh, I'm closing that down and I'm refocusing on the positive. And man, it makes a difference. Like it's scientifically Huge. proven. And you have some great statistics in the book about how it is proven when we feed our brains this positivity, what happens? Right, right. Yeah, it was, that was a huge shift for me when I stopped watching the news. I just, when I, and the times where I've been around, you know, uh, people's places where it's on and it's in the background, I can immediately feel it's like this just sickness. It's either in my stomach or it's in my chest. And it's just, just the drone of just the incessant, like horror and fighting and, oh, it's just exhausting. So for anybody that is watching it constantly or multiple times a day, or even just once a day, just take a break, just take a break and see how one simple thing can dramatically improve your life and switch it out. And so now what I do is because you know, I think it is important for us to know what's going on in the world. And now I have The Economist as a, as a subscription. It's a very unbiased news source, which is why I like it. And they have like a daily bulletin of just sort of headlines. So I can stay informed and know what's going on, but it doesn't make me feel sick. And I don't always have to read it. And it's unbiased. And so that's really good too. So yeah, let just the first step, please. (laughs) And then try, try replacing, replacing the news and filling your subconscious with uplifting books and stories. I've dropped off my reading. My, I've, I've not been reading as much as I used to, but I did find that just reading in the morning and the evening, a positive book, I've got yours now that I'm working through. Um, yeah. And it just, like when you wake up and you're reading something like that, it sets your day off in the right, on the right path. And when you read something uplifting before you go to bed, it lets you sleep with kind of that, that those good feelings versus something really hard or sad or depressing in those moments. So, so important. Like eases us in, right? Instead of just like, I feel like it's a shock to our nervous system when we're like just constantly taking this stuff in. Exactly what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Relentless. Yeah, it is. And it jacks with our nervous system. And I don't think we realize that because when we live in that constant state, we don't know until we take a break. Right. So that's why I loved this invitation. It's like, take a break and see. It makes a massive difference. Yes. And what what you were just saying there about just not even realizing that it's it's always there. I, I have this theory of it's not you are what you eat. It's you are what you consume. You know, it's not just the things that we watch. It's, it's just everything, everything that's going into us things that we're eating, hearing, seeing, being absorbed, breathing, 
everything is having an impact on our mental and physical well-being. And I noticed that I had started eating, how I became a vegetarian a few years ago, and I used to have very bad digestive issues, partly to do with stress. I've noticed how the less stress I am, I don't feel that, that, that pain anymore. But I eat better. And I was doing a film a few years ago and the catering wasn't very good. We had a really sort of cheap catering set and I had some snacks because I was starving and there wasn't very much else. And within about 15 minutes after eating these bagged foods, dried foods, I could just feel really rough and sick in my stomach. And I remembered, oh my goodness, this is a lot of people's baseline because they're eating junk food and garbage and like no whole foods all the time. And they're not aware that 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 is coming from the food because it's just the general feeling of ugh. And so again, it's, you know, we have to start removing these things to know what it is just to feel good, (laughs) just to feel good. It's so true. I feel like I I say in my coaching practice that so many of us have a low-grade fever constantly mm-hmm. in our life, which is kind of what you're describing. Not right. literally a fever, but these things that because they've gone on forever, we don't even know they're happening. We right. accept that we feel kind of shitty every day. Mm-hmm. We accept that our energy kind of ebbs and flows. We accept all of these things instead of saying, wait, let me explore and discover like, why is this happening? What's going to help me get out of this, this place and this feeling? Because you're right. It's related to the environments we put ourselves in, the things we consume on every level, just like you said, and we have to be aware. And by the way, that's more choice in our lives. We have a choice. Do we want to consume it? Do we not want to consume it? How do we want to feel? I know for sure. I don't want to wake up feeling the way I felt when I was at Harley Davidson. Mm -hmm. because I was putting a lot of stuff in my body and I was drinking myself to sleep and I was doing all the things that were just trying to kind of incapacitate my subconscious. And now I'm like, oh man, I felt like crap every day. I never want to feel like that again. Yeah. Did you ever, did you ever wake up? I mean, I know you had the horrible incessant nightmare, but like, I know when I'm, did you ever wake up with just dread? Because I know what, yeah, just this feeling of dread of like, oh God. And sometimes it creeps back and, I, and it's normally when there's something going on in my mind that I'm worried about and I, and I know that. But to be able to wake up every day and just feel happy to be awake and alive is so nice. And I just, I, and I, I just want to do more work at helping people find that because I know how horrible it is just to wake up and not want to get up and do it. Exactly. Exactly. And now I wake up and I'm like, oh, wow, I want to share this energy with the world. And now, and I'm curious if you find this too, so many people say to me, like, just being in your presence and feeling your energy lifts me up and helps me realize that like there's something more and that I want to do this for myself too. And I never even realized like my energy is my genius. My energy. You have a fantastic energy, I have to say. (laughs) Yeah, it comes through in everything. Not even the podcast, like even your emails. It's just so, yeah. It's thank it's you. Well, and, it, <laughs> yeah. and it's me. And the thing I love is that there's nothing now blocking that, right? Yes. Because yeah. I'm taking care and protecting this energy. Yeah. So I imagine you're doing the same thing because to be putting it out in the world, what you're putting out, you got to yeah. protect the energy. So important. Yeah. I talk a lot. I did a video recently about toxic people and and just being mindful and how to avoid toxic people and manipulative relationships. And just, again, it comes down to awareness. 
being aware of who you are around and are you with these energy vampires or you know people who where whenever you're with them you just are drained of energy and and don't feel good versus people that you're around and you always feel good like try to be i do and sometimes i have to think of i have to remind myself to do this be the person that when people are around you you leave them better than than when when they came to you, you know, it's like, it's a fun, it's a good thing to give yourself the challenge of doing, just be that light for people and also be around people that are that light for you and wean yourself off people who constantly do make you feel bad, you know, uh, yeah. be aware of it. I love that. And one of, so, so one of the last things I wanted to talk to you about, and this fits in so perfectly, it's, it's around this idea of protecting our energy, because in order to do that, we have to care for ourselves and we have to make choices to say, well, I can't do everything and spread myself thin and burn the candle at both ends and all the things that I know I was doing in corporate America that so many people feel obligated to do. And I love, I, as I, I was also binging on your podcast, I know you've paused that for now maybe we'll talk about that in a second, but I was binging and one of the things you talked about is how you're on this journey to learn how to work smarter, not harder. And I was like, <laughs> oh my God, I think I might've even written that in my list. I was like, this is another thing. I love her. This is another thing we have in common because I'm on that journey and it's a daily practice. I have not figured this out, but it's a daily practice for me to understand how to really protect my energy and make difficult choices and take time off. Like, so I would love for you to talk about that. And even I've noticed that you've been on a little journey before now. You've been preparing yourself for this book launch. You kind of went out into nature and you went to some of the most beautiful national parks. And I'm like, oh, she knows what she's doing because that's exactly, exactly what I did. Like I needed to take some time off to prepare. Right. Yeah. I, a friend of mine said that to me once, work smart, not hard. And it just, it really shifted everything. Cause my, my mum would always say, you, you, you know, everyone always says the term work hard, you know, you got to work hard, you got to work hard. And I just think, why, <laughs> why, why can't I just have a great time? And so, and it's not to say that I'm lazy and I don't do anything. Like, I guess, I don't know what the quantifier is, but I, I, just don't want to be spending every minute of the day stressing out and exhausted and, you know, stressed out and exhausted, which I think that sometimes corporate can be. And this idea of having to do everything and always being on when you work for yourself, it's very difficult to set boundaries and switch off. Like I noticed that when I first started uplifting content, I was always on and working from 7am to like 9pm or 11pm. And I was exhausted. I'm like, what? Nobody is giving me this. No one's telling me to do this other than myself. Like, stop. And so now I am much better. And I, I kind of have to set myself, this is what I want to be able to accomplish today. And it's okay to accomplish those things. And if I only work for three hours today, so be it. You know, if that's what I want to allocate the time to do, so be it. If I want to go out to the beach because I've been cooped up at home and I'm feeling really restless and uninspired, go to the beach. I'd gone on a eight day road trip to be out in nature. That's one of my holistic <laughs> techniques. I need to be in nature on a somewhat regular basis just to connect. I, I live in a really nice um, apartment that has a lot of gardens. So that's very helpful. But being in the city of LA, I just need to be out and be reminded of what life is and connect with nature from time to time. And so 
I went to, I think, seven national parks in about eight days, which sounds really crazy, but some of them were like Death Valley, driving through Death Valley, so that didn't require a whole day or anything. And it was remarkable. There's so many beautiful places in the States, just so many beautiful places in the States, and it was nice to be reminded of that and to see some of that beauty and just to have some stillness and peace and be out in nature and just, oh, it's just magic. It's just pure magic. It, that's the best word for it. It is mm-hmm. magic. And uh, we share that. You'll you'll get to that part in the book where I talk about my adventures and how, for me, travel and being out in nature, because I live in the city. I'm in the city of Chicago. And while it's a beautiful city and there's this beautiful lake, just like you have the ocean, it's not the same as being out truly in nature, like on a mountain or in a national park and your yeah. feet in the soil and really resourcing yourself. And so yes. it's a great reminder for all of us that we really need, like those are the big rocks. I just did a solo episode that I called Rebelling for the Big Rocks. Like what are the big rocks in your life? What are the priorities? Those things that yes. matter the most, we've got to put those in our jar and in our calendar first. So what are the blocks of time that you want to take off? What is the, you know, even if it's a couple of days, a weekend, go to a, you know, a cabin in the woods just to commune with mother nature. Like to me, it's like this divine source of creativity as well. Do you feel that? Yep. It's, it's recharging. It's gives me inspiration it, yeah, it's just a reminder because, you know, it's very easy to be in our heads and to be busy. You know, even the, the beginning part of that road trip, I was on my phone the whole time trying to finish up work stuff and getting really stressed out. I was trying to get a video edited and I was getting really worked up. And then sort of a few days in, I was able to start breathing again, <laughs> you know, just to really kind of breathe into it. And it's, it, I need that reminder to say this humanity as we know it with our phones and our stress and our news and all the madness, like it's none of it. It's kind of, it's not, not that it's not real. That's not what life is. You know, life isn't just the noise. Life is the connection and the quiet and the peace and the stillness. And we need to be reminded of that, especially people that live in cities, get yourself out in nature from time to time just to reconnect. Yeah. Such a a powerful Yeah. Thank you for sharing. That's such a powerful reminder to all of us. I was just out in Park City, Utah, hiking with a friend and it was so magic. That's the exact word I was using. So I love, I love that you said magic because it really, really is. And we need it. Whatever that, whatever that version is for you, like whatever gives you fuel, right? Right. And it could be singing or dancing or whatever, or just reading, you know, if you love to read and you've been really busy, just find a quiet place and sit and read it. it we, like you say, finding those rocks and, and doing that. We, we need to, we need to treat ourselves to some of this. Yeah, our soul, our soul food, you know, we need it to is. It's our, I call it, I call it our soul fuel. Fuel. That's yes. perfect. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yes. that's exactly that's what it is. I'm like, what fuels your soul? Just yeah. find, carve out space, create space or create your life around that in exactly yeah. the way you've done and exactly <laughs> the way that I've done. It's, it's really beautiful. I have, so one more question came to me and then I'm going to wrap this up because I could talk to you for hours and hours. I, know, and I hours. love it. This is great fun. <laughs> I hope it continues. I don't know if I've ever said this on my podcast, but I have been saying this out loud in the world. I'm starting to spend my winters in LA. Ooh, cool. 
I'm positive I've never said this out loud on the podcast. So there you go. Hello. It will hold my feet to the fire. So I'm looking, I'm probably going to do January through March. I'm going to start in 2021. And it's my, so much of my community is out in LA and Southern California that I thought, why not? Why not start just, I'm going to split a little bit of my time, see how it goes. But hopefully we get to sit down for a tea or coffee or something. A hundred percent that's yes. going to happen. That's incredible. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I'm, I'm very excited because the winters here in Chicago are no Brutal. fun. I know you didn't, you didn't like the weather in the UK. Imagine being here. It's like, no, thank you. Right now it's gorgeous because it's fall and I've been able to pull out some fall clothes and it's exciting, but fall is like this long. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it's snowing and you're like, what the hell just happened? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm excited so. for you. And I can't wait to connect. Yeah. Thank here. you. Thank you. So here's, here's, I've been thinking, so you invested in, like your heart and your soul and your being into this uplifting content platform. And it's, it's been, you know, a blog and it's these amazing videos and it became a podcast and now it's a book <laughs> and you have what, like almost a million and a half followers, I think, which is an incredible number. How, like for people like me who are creating platforms or, you know, other people who are out there as creators, like how do you maintain that? And how are you so authentic in what you do? It feels like to me, let me tell you what my my experience of it is that you are somebody, well, you had this quote, actually, let me see if I have it here. You have Muhammad Ali's quote in your, oh my gosh, where I know I have it in one of my notes. You have his, oh, service to others is the rent you pay for your room here on earth. It is one of my absolute favorite quotes. You have it in the acts of service section. And I thought, oh my God, you must live that every day because the only reason you could, or the only way you could be doing what you're doing is if you truly felt in service to this mission. Is that, is that accurate? Is that how you think about it? Yeah. And sometimes I lose my way a little bit with it because I, because I get kind of stuck in my own head and with my own stresses and stuff, but it's such a powerful thing to come back to just to, it's funny because I've, I've, I've been pretty good for a while and I've kind of forgotten what it is to be down. And then when I have had struggles, I'm like, oh yeah, this is, this is what other people are going through. And this is what I'm here to help them work through because I know how miserable it can be. And so it, I kind of have these waves because it's also very hard. Uh, being authentic and honest and open is the thing that I always do. Sometimes I struggle, which we spoke about with social media, needing to not be consuming it all the time. So I'm not always replying to people or you know doing Facebook Lives as much because I, I, for my own mental well-being, need to take a step back from social. And then when you're in this place of kind of influencer, inspirational person, and you're not feeling very good, it's very difficult. And I'm not very good at faking it and being like, you know, you should do this when I feel like I'm crumbling inside. And so <laughs> it's, I, it, it comes and goes in waves and having the book has been something that I, the, the next thing that I really want to share as a tool, doing more video content is something that I want to share because that allows me to create the thing and, and put it out there, but then not be all consumed with social media. I want to start a, a newsletter bulletin, which is kind of like a once a week uplifting news newsletter that has a bunch of uplifting stories and video content from me and a recommendation for something. 
again, that allows people to not have to be scrolling all day in order to access it. Amen to that. You know what? It's like what you're creating. Were you a fan of um, John Krasinski's Some Good News when he started that? Yeah. Is he still doing that? No, he sold it. I think he sold it to I want to say CBS, but I might be wrong. He sold it to a big media company. And I think he's going to act as executive producer, but not be the star in it. But it reminds me like it was his version of what you do. I know. And I'm like, I'd- yes, please more. For years, I have said, I want to, I want an uplifting news show. And then he just, you know, went and did it. And it was, it was, it was, yeah, I was like, man, why did I put that off for so long? But yeah, there's still, there's still space. If I can, if I can give you any encouragement, like you doing it your way with your flavor is, would be so powerful and you've got the platform to do it. And sister, I'd sign up in a, in a millisecond. So (laughs) I know, and I know a lot of people who are listening to this. So where can people find you and follow you and consume more of this incredibly uplifting content? At upliftingcontent.com, we've got the links to all of our socials on there. And everything is Facebook at Uplifting Content, Instagram at Uplifting Content, and then Twitter's Uplifting Cont because you couldn't get content. <laughs> I couldn't get, it was, I couldn't have content. And then me personally, Ione at I-O-N-E Butler on all of the social. So. I love it. And your book will already be available when this, I think, I think this is going to come out only like a week after I really tried to sync it up with when your book is coming out to the world. So we will have all the links. We will have the link to your book. This is something you guys, you're all going to want to read. It is what we need now. It is uplifting. And I, I think, you know, people will really, really feel close to you in the way I did in reading your book. I'm so grateful that we met that you are really, really authentic in the way that you share your story and in the way you share other people's stories. And I'm grateful that, by the way, I didn't say this. You and I both know this, but I'll say it, I'll say it in the, uh, or I'll put it in the show notes as well, but both of our books are published by Tiller Press. Mm-hmm. The way that we met and were ultimately connected is I had heard about Ioni, I heard about her book, and then I was like, I need to meet this woman, and the rest sort of happened. So yeah, we, yeah. we share that as well. We are sisters in Simon & Schuster. In and so Spirit. many ways. Yes, yeah. exactly. <laughs> Thank you for spending this time with all of us. It's been amazing. It's really good to get to know you, and I can't can't wait to, yeah, go, go a little deeper when I get out to LA. I cannot wait. Um, but yeah, thank you, Shelley, for just everything. You, you are such you have a, a light. You're quite the light. And I look forward to meeting you in person too. Uh, I accept that compliment. Thank you. Mm. And to everybody, hope you enjoyed this as much as I did. Have a great rest of your day. Thank you. Bye, everyone. Bye. Hey, Rebel. Thanks for listening. If you were inspired by what you heard, please subscribe, rate, and review so our fellow rebel souls can find us. We have big work to do together. And if you want to dive deeper, head on over to my website at soulbatical.com and follow me at soulbatical on Instagram. Until next time, stay bold, brave, and badass, and never stop asking, what am I rebelling for?